Welcome to the Realtel Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Downs, the founder and CEO of the Realtel, and we're on a mission to improve retail customer experience, to measure website speed and design, quality of product information, cart and checkout experience, post-purchase communication, fulfillment and packaging, customer services quality, and overall sustainability of products and packaging. If you're interested in learning more about the Realtel Customer Experience Report, just go to www.itworks.company forward slash the Realtel, and there you can find more information and some examples of the Customer Experience Report. Today, we're going to talk about usability. What is it? How do you measure it? And how do you improve the usability of your website? And why is that important? Now, who better to discuss this subject than my old friend and collaborator, Matt Pesimenti. Now, Matt founded CRO agency Conversion Kings just six years ago, and he's successfully grown this into an international company, servicing clients here in Australia, Southeast Asia, and the US. Now, Matt's always my first point of call for any usability-based questions, as he works with so many of Australia's leading companies to improve their website usability. Matt, welcome to The Real Tale, and thanks for joining me today. Mate, I'm, I'm excited to be here, Paul. Yeah, I'm glad that you could uh, you could join me. So, how would you define UX design in the context of a website? Yeah, look, that's a that's a really good question because, as you know, UX is one of those terms that a lot of people use, and sometimes they use it incorrectly. But they, it sounds really good to use UX. Well, do you know what? Before you get into that, though, is tell me, just tell me, because a lot of people use UX and CX interchangeably, and mm. I've got this sneaking suspicion they don't know the difference. So, do you want to just tell us the difference between UX and CX for the uninitiated? Yeah, well, I mean, I know that the, the definition of user experience really, the best way to describe it, though, is breaking down what it is first, I think, Paul, because, you know, you can create a definition and sometimes that definition can be interpreted the wrong way as well. Mm-hmm. But for me, when I'm looking at um, user experience, when we break it down, you've got to think about we are all users and people on your site, they're users. And when they're interacting with your site or your business, they're having an experience. And that experience that they're having as a business, you'd want that to be good or positive or helpful. And it's Mm. that action or that moment is the user experience. Now, what are the main components of user experience? Um, So, firstly, it's the behavior that people are doing and what they're interacting with. It's also the strategy of the business, how they're manipulating or influencing that behavior. It's how usable the website is. And also, it's then the validation of the behavior which encompasses UX or UX design. So, it's not just a simple action or a design it encompasses a number of different elements as well. So that's completely different from how, or not completely different, that's unpacked a lot more than I would have described UX. I would have just said it's the the, the usability and the design. But I guess what you're saying then there is that you've got to somehow measure and design the entire time someone's on a site, regardless of the the usability piece, but how they're feeling and uh, as uh, as they're looking at the screen, I guess. Yeah, and, and that's what makes it difficult. You know, if, yeah. um, if, if usability was just out of the box, we'd all be giving everyone a great user experience. Um, but the, the thing that makes it complex is users. 
because everybody yeah. is so different and what you need from a website and uh, is very different to, to, to say the next person and and relative to your unique situation will be judged on whether or not the site has a good user experience or not and just actually just while you say that because i was i had a conversation with someone earlier today and it kind of popped up this kind of accessibility does that include people with disabilities when you're looking at this as far as so, so whether you would uh you know let's say site search would be driven by voice mm. um and the response would be played through a speaker does do you, do you go to that level just just out of interest it just came up today earlier yeah look if if that's a segment of people, like from, from, from our perspective and our agency perspective, um, if that's a desire from the client or a need from a client saying that we have a, a representation of people um, with a disability, so we need to make sure it's usable for them most most definitely. But yeah. you actually raise a really good question, you know, usability f um, for accessi accessibility for usability. Mm. Yeah. And it is such a big part to it. And you look at the percentage of the Australian population that have a disability, and that's really overlooked a lot. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know the stat. Like I say, it just came up earlier today, but it's an interesting point. Maybe that's a topic for, for the next time we talk. We can both go and do some research. Yeah, look, I think back in 2012, oh no, sorry, 2014, it was supposed to be mandated that there was going to be a bill passed in the Australian government that was going to have a level of um, compliance that websites needed to be accessible. Mm. And that created a lot of lot of, lot of buzz, but I actually I haven't seen much more of that after there was a big uh, explosion of information on it, and um, it's gone a little bit quiet. All right, well let's let's go and research that, and we can have a return we can have a return yeah. match and talk about accessibility. <laughs> so let's that's a good a good um, uh, definition of of um, user experience. So what's the be you know the question originally was what's the difference between user experience and customer experience? Mm. So, how would you segregate the two of those? Yeah, look, personally, I, I mean, whether or not this is right or not, but the way I look at um, user and customer experience, I, I feel that customer experience is the complete end-to-end -end user journey all the way through from the positioning of brand to the advocation or, uh, of the experience. And yeah. I think that's where CX really sits and lies. It's actually a lot broader than just the, the UX or yeah. uh, on the website. Yeah, we do too. I mean, that, that's where in the real tail report, that as it's a, effectively a customer experience report, you know, a big chunk, and that's what I want to talk to you today about usability is, is the user experience whilst using the site, but the customer experience is beyond beyond just the site you know it's the post-purchase communication and the packaging and the time it takes for the your product to arrive and then if there's an issue you know how effective a customer service and all of that for me encompasses the end-to-end -end customer experience so i'm glad we're aligned on that yeah and paul you know it's so important and people and i think what's really important to think about it they're not um they're not siloed because the customer experience is going to affect the 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 way that a user will interpret the online experience. So, if I can give you a really novel uh, example of that, imagine if you're trying to ring a telephone company to get some information from them. Uh, just say you want to qu query your bill. Yeah. Well, beginning with T, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, they're amazing. <laughs> they're, I don't know if you've, you've used them recently. Oh, I have. Oh, okay. Well, I had a great experience. But anyway. I had an appalling, appalling experience. I'm still waiting for my MBN. Oh, no. It's only taken oh. 
four months and I've sat at home for a total of 12 hours waiting for someone to turn up now. Right, right. I'm I'm still on my mobile 4G. It's amazing. Oh, there you go. Well, God, God love him. Yeah, well. Anyway, l- luckily we've got uh, Sorry, mobile God. internet. <laughs> In- indeed, yep. yeah. But but even think about that that example, right? So you're you're waiting for this person to turn up to connect your your internet. You've been waiting at home for twelve hours, and now you're seriously pissed. So that guy will turn up, or girl will turn up, and no matter how nice they are, no matter how professional they are you don't like them and anything they do or, or say you're just going to have a go at them why are you not doing this give me this da, 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 da. the customer experience already gave a problem to that user experience you're about to to have but if you can you can provide someone with a positive customer experience people are going to be more lenient in that that user experience that they they have. So it may have been if they said, oh, look, we'll be here between, you know, nine in the morning and nine at night, right? And they turn up at, and you're hoping they'd get there in the morning, they turn up at 9.15, you're instantly going to be in a better mood. And if you drop mm. something or he knocks over, a, I don't know, knocks something over in your house, you're not going to be as uh, vicious at him that if you had to wait 12 hours for this clumsy guy to turn up and he just knocks something over. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So, so what's the difference between, if if any, between conversion rate optimization? So we go back to your, your hmm. company name, Conversion King. So, what's the difference between conversion rate optimization and usability, or is it just the same thing, different spelling? No. Uh, similar to the way in UX, you've got four main components, which is behavior, strategy, usability, and uh, sorry, uh, and validation. Mm. In CRO, UX forms part of conversion rate optimization, because in conversion rate optimization, you've got the, the there's a technical component to uh, CRO. You've mm-hmm. obviously got the the user component. To, to, to CRO, and then you've also got a, a design component and a branding component to CRO as well. So, whilst UX is an important component to CRO, it's not all of CRO. Okay. So, how do you break that down? So, when you when you go into a company hmm. to, um, I guess essentially, I'd, I'd call it a retailer and go, Look, I want to improve my conversion rate, Matt. Hmm. Can you come in and help me? How, what do you do? How do you approach it? Yeah, well, the first thing is, and actually this is, you know, I, I can understand why it gets UX and CRO feels like the same thing. Um, the first thing is actually to identify what the problems are. And yep. uh, and I'm sure you would have had it as well, Paul, like people like, oh, we need to fix our website. Can you just update the homepage? The homepage is rubbish. Yeah. And it's like, well, is it? Really? Yeah. Why are you yeah. saying that? I mean, the, the homepage might be the rubbish because it's what everyone looks at and they're bored of it and uh, everyone yeah. wants their own real estate on it, but it might actually be working really well. The problem might be, you know, paid, uh, site speeds issues. Yeah, we see we, Yeah, we see that a lot. We have lots of hippos, so it's the highest paid person's opinion mm. of what a good site looks like. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay as long as you're the, you are the highest paid person. That's the main thing, but uh, yeah. sorry, Paul. Keep <laughs> but, going. But, but, but the... Um, the issue is, it's like, well, how, it's just one opinion. How do we? I don't, I don't know. I mean, we do. We, I was working with a client this week, launch, launching a new site. I just said, I, I have no idea what the, you know, how effective your site's going to be. It's your customers that will tell us that, mm. and we're much better off looking at the data, and that'll tell us really what what a 
the, the design should be or the you know how we should um, place buttons and the colors of buttons and all that kind of stuff on the site we'll, we'll get the data once we get going but right now as long as it's not damaging you know it's not that bad it's damaging your brand reputation let's get it launched and let's let's start harvesting some data mm. whereas a lot of the time as i'm sure you see everyone just sits around and we'll talk at length about whether a button should be green or blue yeah you, you know what i think that comes down to paul is actually experience i i like when i i remember when i first started in my digital career mm. many many moons ago mm. And luckily, no one can see me on the screen because I'm actually really grey. Um, is I remember I'd look at a website then, and someone goes, "What? Well, what do you think of it? Like, what's wrong with it?" And I tell you what, I found so much pride and personal power by telling him it was rubbish, and it made me feel really good because I'm like, "This is wrong. That's wrong." Da 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 yeah, da da. Yeah. Fast forward myself now, close to 20 years in digital marketing, and I would never say to a client or a prospective client, oh, that's rubbish, that's bad. And the reason being is that experience has taught me that I'm just a user, I'm just a person, even though, yes, mm. I've got experience and I've seen, you know, I run over 8,000 tests. So, yeah, I've got a little bit of background behind me. But time and time again, it's unique to the exact user on how they're behaving, uh, which will dictate whether or not it's, it's helpful or not helpful. And the second part to it is, uh, and as you know, there's the tyranny of averages, yeah. A website attracts many different types of users. So, where you might be giving advice based on one user set, what about all the other types of users that are actually on the website and how are they going to respond to it? Yeah, 100%. It's interesting. I just ran a report for a, uh, a client and um, looking at the data, it, it painted a certain picture. But then I thought, well, you know what? We're only looking – they've only looked at the – the the top line view on this what are the main segments on it and actually when we broke down the data what i, I was easy able to, to split out was there are returning customers going to log in and actually take an action or a, an account action on the website and people going to the website for the first time to potentially be um, to turn into customers and the split on returning customers going to log in and, and activate and do whatever they had to do and new customers was nearly 50-50. But the difference was, and this is the surprising thing, is the actual customers themselves were spending over five minutes on their site, whereas the new customers that were going in through the acquisition channels were only spending a minute. Now, if you would have looked at that from an average, you would have said, look, on average, our customers spend about two and a half, three minutes on the site, yep. which is completely wrong. And yes. That sort of demonstrates um, those throwaway comments that sometimes people try and make around, oh, I reckon this is a problem with the website. Yeah. Because it's about, well, what is what customer are you talking about and what actual issue can you see and quantify? Mm. That then becomes the beginning of the, the conversation. So, to answer your, your first question there around what do we do when we go in there is identify exactly where those problems are. Yeah. Um, so, we would... We identify where they are, which is great. So, we know we've got a problem here and here and here. But the thing we don't know is the why. And that's where, again, uh, UX comes into it because one of the other areas there is around behavior. So, why are users behaving this way? And you can hypothesize it. And as you mentioned before, you can sit around and, you know, knife fight on it should be this or should be that. Yep. The easiest way is to ask the customer. And then once you then Who? know, sorry, mate. Who? 
the customer. Who, who are those guys? Hey, what what, what <laughs> do they matter? Yeah. But but we've all been um, we've all been guilty of it because we've got egos, mm. right? And even when I'm wanting to make changes, even within our own business, um, I'm like, oh, we need to do this. And uh, the feedback I get is, well, our customers love us doing this. Why do you want to do that? And uh, it's hard. You know, because if you're passionate about something, you're exciting about something, yeah. you've got to be humble and go, well, you know what? You know what? I, I just need to learn with what they're doing and then respond accordingly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, the, this approach, because, uh, you know, I asked a lot by by our clients, is that what's the, you know, what are the benefits? Because it sounds like it could well be, well, it is a science. And I could ima- should imagine that if you want to analyze all of the different elements that impact the experience on the site, you could spend a small fortune doing that. Hmm. And I'm sure some of your clients do. So what's the material benefit? Like how how wrong can you be in your design and when you fix those problems, how much of a benefit, like how significant is the impact by getting it right? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it goes back to that first part. What is the problem and how big of a problem is it? Mm. Is it a critical problem? So, okay, silly example, but a real one that happens more often than you would um, care to believe. We get calls up, our mobile conversions are started to tank. Help. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, when did you see this behavior start to happen? Oh, look, it happened about a month ago and we've just seen a really sharp decline. We can't figure it out. And, um, you know, we jump in there where you can see, oh, that live chat feature that you just uh, on the website and you didn't stop it from executing on the cart. So when people on a mobile view, it actually overlaid on top of the actual add to cart or the checkout button. You know, that's a pretty clear and obvious one about an instant change. So that's a really dramatic piece there as well. But it's about when when I'm looking at what can the biggest difference be, especially in retail, it's that you can't sell a secret. So if you can't get someone in front of the right product at the right time, you're never going to purchase it. So even though it might be a small nuance of difference, as in uh, the way that search is presented or where search is presented, can ultimately impact whether or not someone will find that product. And I've actually got an example on that. We did a, a, some work for a um, uh, an adult store, uh, which was a bit of an interesting. I learned a lot by doing that that job and and uh, that's, that's a whole that's a whole other podcast though i think that's that. a whole nother podcast yeah but what we found though with it is depending on where someone is in their journey will then depend on where it's effective to promote search because if people are too early in their journey they might be searching for things that pass send them down the wrong path and then they don't end up finding their product so they needed to get mm. context before they search it's like in education if you've got over a thousand different courses you might need to help someone bring their 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 thought or the decision part into an area where they understand then give them the ability to search so sometimes search doesn't help if the user is really unaware with what exactly they're after they might just have a concept or an idea and they need a little bit more guidance before they get there but in saying that as with everything there's different use cases for that mm-hmm. and in some instances that actually getting people to search earlier in their journey has a positive impact so it's important that to understand the user mm-hmm. will then dictate the solution. Yeah, because 
a different user will need a different solution. Okay, I get that. But what's the what's the potential uplift for getting it right? So you, you you're going to have people listening to this that, that potentially would invest in mm-hmm. in a, a usability engagement or conversion rate optimization. You know, why should they? You know, we, we, we when we deal with retailers all the time, they're like, how much is it going to cost and how much they're going to return? You, you mm. I've said this to you over the years. You know, it all comes back to what's it going to cost and what am I going to get? Yeah. So, are you able to kind of just because it sounds like it potentially could be really dramatic mm. in the in the best case scenario? So, what's the you know what's the range between the type of uplift in whatever metrics, whether it's whether it's revenue or conversion rate or um, whatever metric you'd like to choose. Yeah, so the one I like to choose is revenue. And mm. the, the reasoning why sometimes conversion rates actually not a very good number to look at yeah. is because we all know that uh, the conversion rate is dictated by a number of internal and external factors. So, for yeah. example, if you've got a website and you've decided, yeah, let's go and throw half a million of um, display traffic this month at it, um, yeah, you can get sessions have gone up, but your re- your re- relationship with conversions are going down because yeah. it's bad quality yeah. traffic, right? So that's a bit yeah. tough. So let's look, let's look at revenue uh, as, as an impact. For an example, we there was a, a client that had a had a website that was very much um, it was a transactional website that had a unique navigation, and that was kind of half its value to it. And But this unique navigation meant that people found it hard to go back and find the product that they were previously looking at, which was really difficult. So, we applied a a particular experience that when uh, users looked at a number of different products, we would then have a recently viewed product displayed on this website. It was a very unique uh, example. And that had within... um, I think over the period of 60 days brought them an extra $24 million of revenue. So, yes, that was a dramatic impact on that business. And I know the next question you're going to ask me, Paul, is that's all relative to how much they'll turn in over in the first place. 100%. Exactly right. You know know me well. But if you look at it as the investment of what they invested for conversion rate optimization, Mm. you know, you're looking at, thousands of like a, a much bigger impact of uh, yep. of return there so it's so the impacts could be really dramatic they can also be really shit too and they they're normally really bad if people are if they if they're trying to take some shortcuts in the process using the i reckon methodology or not using yep. the actual data led methodology uh, yep. and they're just trying to just test stuff because they've heard other people testing things um mm. So it's just important to do right. Yeah, but I guess then going back to what you said first of all, if you if you spend the the time defining the problem correctly, you're almost halfway to the solution. That's exactly if you understand right. what your problem. It is. It is. It is. It is. Because how can you solve mm. something you 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 can't see? Yeah. No. Agreed. Agreed. You know, I, I actually had a pitch the other day, and a client came back and they said, "We really love you. We really love what you're doing, but." Um, I think you're too focused on e-commerce because we're a lead gen business. And I'm like, oh, like I didn't, I don't have different proposals for e-com businesses and lead gen. I talk about a methodology and some of the mm-hmm. examples I might put is all e-com. And yeah. uh, which is great, right? Because that's feedback back to me. So, I'm like, okay, so the way that I can optimize my conversion right there is is create a different personalized experience depending on the type of um, site. And I would have known that unless that client gave me that feedback. So, 
getting that active feedback is going to help us understand what the problem is to, to fix. Correct. Eating your own dog food, I think we call it. Mate, you have to. You have to. I mean, we, we test our site a, a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, what's really interesting is, you know, there, there does become some pretty big shifts when you can really connect with the customer. You can yep. get a much better impact than when you're just trying to, you know, follow the leader or go, oh, this, this application someone else did look pretty interesting. Let me just go and apply that to my site. Mm-hmm. And I suppose when you bring it back also, when you think about it, the, the amount of effort and time that you spend improving the experience on the site when you when you you know for those from from bricks and mortar or omni-channel retailers that are listening to this be the same on the amount of time that's spent doing a store fit out designing stores really and thinking about all of the aspects of that you know rather than just chucking up a site getting some content on the home page getting some product information up there and Mm. we'll make millions well actually paul I'm, I'm not much uh i'm not that experienced on physical retail design um when they do physical retail design do they think about the user that's going into the, the store uh they yeah the ones that i've been exposed to do think about yeah about who they're who they're trying to communicate what kind of experience they want to deliver so i know one there's you know well, I was going to say one fashion brand we work with lots, but it doesn't give them the way. But yeah, absolutely, design the stores to appeal to to teenagers. You know, specifically right. built built the experience around there. Music, mm. nice and loud. Complete mess. Clothes lying all over the place. Um, so designed for them. So um, yeah, I think um, on the the ones that we've been exposed to, yeah, they do. Yeah, actually, it's interesting you say that. I know I, I I hit that old status. I was in a store buying some shoes and i actually asked the sales lady to turn the music down because i couldn't hear so. <laughs> he's showing your age matt <laughs> it was pretty bad yeah so, um, so and yeah i guess that's even where you know the cx really lies right because it's in you know in store hmm. how are we representing that same level of customization or um personalization on the website as well yeah absolutely hmm. so um I can see, and I know because I've, you know, I've known you for a long time, and you're really passionate about usability and, and conversion rate optimization. So, what what is it about it that floats your boat? Why are you so passionate and passionate enough to to set up your own business that that focuses exclusively about this? Yeah, well, I think from a personal standpoint, it's actually what really drives me and gets me excited. Is so, firstly, I love art. I, I really do. I, I love anything that people create that creates a movement. I just think that that is just so cool. And I, I even see uh, web design and those experiences on, uh, online as even pieces of art because they can move you, they can make you feel something, they can, they can get you to do something different. So I, I've always loved that. And the other thing that I really enjoy is the no BS of analytics because, you know, opinions are one thing but when you can actually see the raw data of what's going on and instant and the sort of the results that uh, that just really is is awesome and um when putting those two together which is you know the creativity part and, and the analytical part um conversion optimization for me sort of became a bit of an obvious choice going i love the fact that we can create something that cre- that will have an emotional impact on on a customer and then we can measure that through the analytics as well sure now is is cro a silver bullet does it 
solve all ills. So oh, it you, totally does, mate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It can even probably solve coronavirus as well, too. I really? really? Come on. <laughs> no, what does no, it it's... not? What does it not do? Uh, what does it not do? Um, well, 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 maybe like a good way to think about CRO as well is that it can amplify your current performance of what you're doing. So, what do I mean by that? Just say you've you've really optimized your paid search campaign and you're driving all this traffic um, mm. to, to the site and you're getting an RO, uh, ROAS of, of whatever it is. And just say you've got a bounce rate on your campaign to say, you know, 60%. If we can bring that bounce rate of that traffic coming through from 60 to say 52, 55%, we're starting to get a better impact on your, your paid search. If you've got um, organic traffic coming through that's that's bouncing for whatever reason because the, the, you've got a blog page which is really indexed and people landing on it and leaving, doesn't really give you a, a good view in the eyes of Google, um, what can we do to try and capture and engage those users to get them further into the site? So from a media perspective, it can really amplify its performances, which which it should do. Yeah. From a customer experience um, or a UX uh, user experience on the site, it can help that user find what they're looking for easier, like a lot more easier, and then effectively guide them down the path that you want them to go down. So sometimes, is it easier? Is it better to have a a long cart checkout process, or is it better to have a short checkout process? There are different use cases where they could be applied. Um, mm. So again, CRO can really help you identify what are the optimum journeys that you should be having people go through on the web. And then obviously it's, it's, it's around, you know, solving some of those other key issues which around cart abandonment. So yep. I don't know, I'm sure some of your retailers have gone, why the hell are people abandoning from my cart? They've got the product in there. It looks amazing. What is actually drop, making them drop out? And then that, that, that cart abandonment number is something that gets focused on as well. How can we reduce the number of people leaving them? And so with conversion rate optimization, which is identifying why people are uh, dropping out, where where they are, why they are, and then coming up with ways we can potentially solve them. Yeah. Running those tests and experiences um, helps improve that that revenue number as well. Right. Okay, so look, one last question because we're half an hour up already. Okay. Just zip by. Is how do how do I know that I need someone like you to come and fix my site or fix my usability issues? How do how do I actually know? Yeah, like when when's the pivot point to actually get into to mm. CRO? Yeah, yeah. and, and, and it's, that's an interesting one, Paul, because I think everyone has their own way of looking at it because it's all dependent on what's relevant for the business. So you might have a client that is really struggling to get a decent return on investment from their paid media. Um, they know that you know that they're they're struggling to hit those cost per clicks. The, the actual get, getting the cost per click to work for them because their site's mm -hmm. just not performing the way it should. So there's obviously one indicator. Another indicator could be that, you know, you're, you're giving one experience to everybody, which means you're giving a mediocre experience to everybody. How can you give a better experience to individuals so then those individuals will perform better. Um, I can work, okay, I can work, I think I can work with that. But the media spend one's fine because you some, look, it, where it gets interpreted, but if you don't know, you know, you don't know what you don't know. It's like, you know, you, you might think 
or predict a certain return, but there's a lot of retailers we talked to have got no idea what return they should be getting from media spend, as crazy as that sounds. So sometimes people don't know what they don't know. But I guess a really obvious with what you've just said there is, you know, if you have got one experience and that's what you're delivering on your site, then potentially you've got a problem, right? Because not all your customers are the same. Yeah. Well, that, that's so I should, imagine that's, I should imagine that's most people listening to this, I would guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, actually, you know what? In Australia, I'm, I'm sure you're international with your audience, Paul. Um, but in Australia, you know, we've got some amazing, amazing businesses here doing some great yeah. stuff around that, you know, different experiences around personalization. Um, and personalization is another big part to, to user experience, which, um, again, could be another call completely. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, but the other two main pivot points is uh, that we generally ask people to look out for is what are the rate of people adding things to cart is another really good indicator of whether or not your, your site is healthy. Yeah. What is your cart abandonment rate as well? So, if we're looking at those three metrics, uh, so some of the three metrics we look at would be, you know, your bounce, your add to carts and your, your cart abandonment are some really good. And are you able to quote some numbers on that for people listening to this that kind of go, well, I don't know and I'll, I'll go away and find out. And if it's below this number, I need to, to get in contact with Matt. What, what, what are the, are you able to give a range of numbers? Yeah, I can't, Paul. And, and the or reason- is that how that long's a piece of string question? Uh, yeah, yeah well, no, it's, it's all down to segmentation. Right. Because a, a new user on a mobile device coming through paid search is right. going to convert very differently to a returning user organic yeah. on desktop. So, and that's, again, part of the process is really, you know, baselining what a like how are different people behaving on the site? So if say someone's coming through from, um, let's say a, a display ad, mm. you you the, the actual strategy might not even be to convert them on that first first visit. Your strategy yep. might be let me drop a cookie on their device and let me retarget them with you know a series of six different bits of message, and that last message is a call to action to come back to the site, which we then present that experience sure. on the website to get them to come and convert through. So, it's it's really difficult to go what what is the average for, for conversion rate. One of the best ways that um, we help with people is we actually do a, a, an audit complimentary before we kick off with anything because we need to understand it from a context that we can only solve issues that are there. We can only create better experiences once we know the users and what the users really want. So, it, it's important to understand where you are from a baseline comparative to yourself and then you can you can see if it's going to be helpful so if, if i'm not really sure i've listened to this podcast and i'm i'm maybe slightly confused hopefully not but but not sure have you got any resources that people can can look up or you know get some help with identifying whether they've got a problem yeah, sure. Yeah, we, we actually do, Paul. Um, good question. Um, if you jump onto the conversionkings.com.au website, there's a little tab there that says free resource. And underneath that, there's a free CRO audit or a free CRO guide. Um, the free CRO audit's um, pretty cool. All you do is you just pop in your details and um, I'll actually personally go through your site and I'll be able to pick out some key opportunities that you'd be able to jump onto straight away and it's a great way to start a conversation about, you know, what CRO can do for you. Or if you're interested in more about self-learning, there's a free CRO guide. So, it's just really the essentials to, to CRO which is about, you know, what you need to consider, what are the, the high-level process and what would you expect out the other end of it as well. So, all just okay. available on the site. Lovely. Sounds good. I think that's a really good way of wrapping this up. Really quickly, how does anyone wanting to, to talk to you, how do they get hold of you? 
Yeah, the best thing actually is just to add me on LinkedIn. Just search for Matthew Pesamenti on, on LinkedIn. Uh, you, you'll see a guy that looks probably a little bit younger than me. But um, yeah, search for me, uh, <laughs> Matthew Pesamenti from Conversion Kings is the best way to get in contact. All right, Matt. Thank you very much indeed. This has been fascinating. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it, mate. It's been a lot of fun. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Now, I really enjoyed talking to Matt today, and I hope you've enjoyed listening to us too. If you're interested in learning more about the Realtail Customer Experience Report, just go to www.itworks.company forward slash the Realtail, and there you can find more information and some examples of the Customer Experience Report. Thanks, and I look forward to you joining us on the next episode.